Hello, everyone. Welcome back again to another episode of Basement Banter. This week, I have on a very special guest. He reached out to me. Uh, maybe you've heard of him. Chester Farmington. Bloody hell, it's fucking Sir Chester Farmington. Sorry, my apologies. Sir Chester Farmington from Sheffield, England. A self-proclaimed biologist, self-proclaimed... PhD in biology. Yes, PhD in bi... Doctor. So they Doctor, didn't, sir. So are you Sir Doctor? Doctor, sir. Doctor, sir. Uh, Chester Farmington from Sheffield, uh, who is a self-proclaimed master of biology and also a uh, a nature. Uh, how would I? What would be your title? A nature documentarist or An, a film director of nature? All right, a film director of nature, um, documentary style. Documentary style. So I'm very excited to have you on because I, for one, personally, uh, like growing up, I've always been a fan of like Discovery Channel and uh, going like Planet Earth and all of those kind of videos. So I'm excited to see someone that is in that field and I finally have them on the podcast. Always am trying to have on professionals. So it's nice to have one on now. Um, so why, why don't you give everyone a little a little background about yourself? Because, I mean, I, I don't really have too much information. There, there wasn't too much. I tried to do a little Google search of you before uh, I had you on. There wasn't too much about you. I just know that you, uh, you've you been filmmaking for quite some time now. Um, you have some works uh, from Antarctica that we'll dive into from Asia. Uh, a couple of many of basically all the continents of of the earth. And you're actually, that's why you're over here. In the Absolutely. United, that's why you're over here in the United States. Uh Right now, shooting a, a film in the uh, Pacific Northwest. So, why don't, you, why don't you let everyone know who doesn't know who you are, what your uh, what your background is, and how you became into this filmmaking profession? Absolutely, I appreciate you having me, Doctor Sir Chester Farmington, at your service. Born and raised in England, or well, not born and raised, but born in England. Spent my adolescence over in Pakistan. Had uh, some crazy experiences there. Won't get into that. Probably not legal. Um, you know, moved back to uh, Australia for my teen years. And uh, ever since then, I've just been traveling the world, studying biology, um, you know, making films of the documentary style of uh, nature. And uh, here I am now, been all over seven continents uh, for the past you know, 15, 20 years, been making films, really loving what I've been doing. All right, so um, all right, so then we'll, we'll dive into one of your one of your earlier works uh, that is uh, aquatically noble that you have, and you have it based on the fish of the coral reefs of Australia. Oh yes, uh, that that was probably your your first real film, I guess you would say. Uh, yeah, that's that's how I kind of got started on the the filmmaking scene. Personally, one of my favorites I've ever created. Uh, yeah, so so there's not too much background on this one. I, I once again, I, I saw that, that the aquatically noble was on there, uh, but there wasn't too much background on it. I actually heard that there was some trouble on the set as uh, one of your boats actually drove over the reef and destroyed a 
significant. Oh, yeah. So can you can you can you tell that one that story for the fans for uh, for those that are scratching their head right now, going, "Here's this guy that we don't really know." Yeah, strolls into the coral reefs. Why don't you give the background on that story? Because I I, I don't I don't know too much around the situation. So I, I would like to hear from you because I don't know how they how this how these shoots work. So if you could give some insight onto what happened that particular film. Absolutely. That's what I'm here for. You know, I don't really like to toot my own horn. I am pretty famous, but I do like to stay off the interweb and all that stuff. Keep on the DL. So uh, probably won't find much about me, but here I am to uh, let you guys know what's going on. Uh, for that particular film, my first real my first real professional film, uh, my one friend actually bet me that um, he couldn't he, he didn't think I could film two fish having sex. And, um, you know, from there, that's where I got into it. I said, I absolutely can find two fish having sex. I know I can. Took my boat out there, you know, looking looking for a good spot, a nice shallow spot on the coral reef. And uh, we kind of crashed, took out a nice chunk, uh, got a nice $75,000 fine for that one, but paid it with the profits of my film because I found a couple fucking freaky fish out there, you know, licking buttholes and shit. How, yeah, I was gonna say, how does how does fish sex work? Because I, I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't know if too many people are looking out seeking how fish have sex. I'm certainly curious. How how do fish have sex? Because I really don't know. I'm genuinely curious how fish have sex. That's that's a great question, and um, you know, a lot of people really are curious, and you know, I am a a master, a doctor in biology, so I do know the science and the real facts behind everything. So the female fish actually has a vagina in her gills, um, which is accessible through the throat. And the male, which has two penises, will take one of those penis, which is for pleasure. The other one is for mating. So um, when the male fish wants to mate, he will take the mating penis and put it in the female's throat vagina, which is in the gills, but accessible through the throat. Okay. Okay. Mm Mm-hmm. Once again, I can't really, I can't, I can't, I can't prove you wrong because I, I, it's, it's actually true facts. I'm not, you're, you're the, uh, the doctorate in biology, so I'm, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna test you here. I'm not gonna test you here. So uh, you shouldn't. shouldn't. (laughs) All right. Um, so that that one obviously got you. So how did you bounce back from that one? So you you had this, you had this big seventy five thousand dollar fine. You had you had wide success uh, of these films. Specifically in almost the uh, not as much mainstream, but you've had people streaming it on uh, dark web uh, browsers. Uh, not that they could pinpoint what specific sites as to the 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 murkiness of the dark web, if you will. Uh, but you have had several million hits on it, just none that that are on the specific. Uh, I guess like the that you could gain a lot of information as a lot of these people have a lot of uh like screen like you know what i'm talking about they have the mm-hmm. they uh they block their vpn so you can't really track the data as to who or where they're streaming it you just know they're streaming it uh you had you have had mild success as well on the regular internet as well so you all of a sudden here you are you're getting a lot of uh a lot of uh views and hits and actually funny enough uh, you have all this time on your hands now because you've 
you a lot of it was Bitcoin as to a lot of it being on the dark web. Um, I'm sure because there's people. Let's be honest. Let's be let's be frank. A lot of it, I'm sure, was some people out there that were some sick freaks that were looking to see one fish give oral to another fish. Well, I mean, that's really how I got started. It doesn't started. matter to you. You got those Bitcoin, and all of a sudden, now here we are today, Bitcoin's doing all right for itself. When you made that film, how long ago was that? Uh, maybe like... 15, 20 years, I think, I started back back ago. Yeah. Back then, you probably... They were giving practically giving away Bitcoin. I saw, I saw a video of... Uh, some guy in a gaming, or I saw a, a, the payouts of a gaming contest maybe like 15, 10 years ago. And it was, first place was like $500. Second place was 100 Third place was like 500 Bitcoin because it was mm -hmm. worth that much. So here you were, you were getting all this Bitcoin. You didn't know what to even do with it because it was just cryptocurrency, which no one really knew back then. And now here you are. You have all of this money that gave you the ability to really take off your filming career. Yeah, so, I've actually been able to, you know, like you said, started with the Bitcoin, the dark web. But I was able to been able to build my platform and my presence on some real platforms now, uh, mainstream stuff. But, uh, yeah, no, really got started back in the day with with the animal sex, um, uh, bestiality stuff. Or not, not bestiality. Bestiality. I was going to say very weird. That's, that's a little different. I misspoke there, but. Um, yeah, no, really, uh, like I said, my my mate wanted to um, bet I couldn't find a fish fucking. And uh, from there, you know, I kind of built that online presence of I was the guy that's going to find animals fucking. And uh, been all over the so place. How, so you, how'd you one-up yourself is my question. So I use that presence, you know. I've, I've got a little, a little presence um, on the dark web, and then it kind of started to grow a little mainstream. And, uh, you know, kind of moved from animals fucking to more of a mainstream actual nature documentaries finding out the patterns and the presence of animals and everyday life and stuff like that um become a little bit more professional um just from you know animals fucking exactly so uh, i i there's a few films that i want to get into i probably save for later in the episode since they're a little more uh of the intriguing more high more well-known films of yours um but we'll, we'll go from we'll go from from Australia, we'll go to Africa, another mm -hmm. huge continent. Um, obviously, that is like the that is where people make or break their careers as a nature filmmaker. Absolutely. Uh, and you had some some. I was watching some of your footage. You had some really close up shots. So I, my question was was what was the crew's uh, suggestions to you? Obviously, you have. Uh, the nature experts that are with you, other other biologists. You have uh, local uh, people who work on these reservations uh, and stuff like that. So my question is to you, what was their recommendation to you for safety-wise? Because some of the footage that you have is actually like better than what you would see on planet Earth and stuff like that. It's right up in it. So how, how did you get the, the clearance, the permission? Uh, permission? You just go up there with the camera <laughs> and you fucking film the tigers. You film the, the lions, whatever you want to film. Permission? You bring you bring some cheese. Well, yeah, you bring some cheese. Yeah, here's a fucking cheese. treat. Yeah, well, pss, pss, pss. here's a fucking treat. And you fucking film them. That's all you gotta do. Fucking do. You're jo you're joking. You didn't do that, did you? Bro, yeah, I'm not fucking joking. You have to you have to get permits. You have to you have to do all this permits. Was there was there backlash? Or did you get? Sanctioned or like a, I mean I'm not allowed in Ethiopia for the next 12 years But that's a different story <laughs> what? 
But I, so you, what you threw cheese at the lines? Eh, cheese, pop tarts, whatever the fuck they like. I can't. Well, what about what the people from that brought you out there say? What they say about you throwing pop tarts at the lines? They they condone that? People never brought me out there. You ever hear Avis rent a car? <laughs> real <laughs> big in real big in Africa. Fucking rent a car from the airport. Drive myself out to the desert. Bring a couple gallons of water. Avis. Oh my god. I cannot. I, I mean, I'm, I'm not going to touch. I'm not going to get too much deeper into this because I don't want this to have any. I got a real it. good story about the uh, African savanna if you want me to share that with you. <laughs> we're, in, we're in this deep, so you might as well share it at this point. So go ahead. What's the, what's the story about the African savanna? Probably one of the most beautiful scenes I've ever shot. Beautiful sunset, Mount Kilimanjaro in the back. In the background, in the backdrop over there, you know, beautiful, not a cloud in the sky. I, I, I roll up, I drive my beautiful Toyota Camry um, from Avis rented. Beautiful, I love that car company, uh, car rental company. Um, you know, drove it over, found a beautiful oasis in the middle of the uh, the Sahara Desert. And at that oasis, as the sun is coming down in this beautiful golden day, there is just a group of giraffes. And there's a whole giraffe orgy going on. And I've never seen anything more beautiful in my life. And to this day, I, I will never forget that moment. So let me ask you this then. How does a giraffe orgy even work? Was there... <coughs> there's, so, there's such big animals. Oh, how does that even work? I could tell you the details. One giraffe... Roared on top of the other, pound it from the back. You got another giraffe under another giraffe licking its licking its parts, you know. Uh, that giraffe's licking another giraffe's parts, and then you got a giraffe in the corner rubbing its rubbing its crotch over there, watching everything go down. You're a little pervert. I'm surprised that giraffes have that level of consciousness where it would be in the corner of of the whole situation. Well, actually, fun facts about giraffes. They have the world's largest brain out of any mammal, and they're the really—they're more conscious than humans. Unknown to many people, they're more conscious than humans. More conscious than humans, giraffes, really? Mm-hmm. Absolutely, biggest brains in any animal in the world. Well, once again, you're, you're the expert, not me. So yes, I, I am. I guess I was misinformed. I always thought that it was a dolphin or a chimpanzee that would always have that would have the largest and most intellect out of other out of other mammals that were that were out there. So that, I mean, that was that's shocking to me that giraffes were the one that would be. They don't teach that in uh, your one on one biology class. I can tell you that. So why why would they why would they make that up? Why was why is that something that they would want to hide? You questioning me. I'm not they, questioning. I'm just curious as to why they would have, why they would make up that. It all comes are, down to the bigger picture. The government doesn't want the people to know the real power. Who holds the real power? Who's pulling the strings? I'm already getting myself too deep into it, but it's the fucking giraffes. Who runs the world? The fucking giraffes. Wow. I, don't I know. didn't say that, though. All right, so then let me ask you this, then. So you go from this film... Where you're basically at the lines. I almost would go as far to say that I did see someone from the area eaten by a line. What would... So my question is, before we get into the other parts of it, I feel like this is something that everyone that is that knows your work that would be asking. 
I know obviously there's times where you see nature documentaries where it's uh, a giraffe being not a giraffe. Obviously, this is so intelligent. You really don't ever see giraffes eaten in documentaries. So your point actually exactly. does make a lot of sense as to that. Well, yeah, they're smart. They are smart. They never the, you net you see them this eating their leaves and everything, so that you never really see them taken down in one of those nature documentaries because they're so smart, I guess. So let's say a gazelle. Here we go. We have a gazelle being taken down by a group of lion and eaten. And there's, I know, obviously, there's this code of uh, where you just have to let nature be nature. Absolutely. But where does that line get blurry when you see someone, a human being eaten by a lion in a documentary? And you have it all on film, so. Yeah, got me a couple hundred thousand dollars off that profit. Yeah, one of my partners. I mean, rest in peace to, you know, Big Jimmy over there. R.I.P. Shout out to his family. Oh yeah, no, I was filming uh filming that fucking uh that tiger scene out in Australia or not in Australia, Africa, the Sahara, right after that giraffe orgy. Pretty tragic and uh, you know, he got a little bit too close. With the, with his cheese? He had no cheese on him. That's his problem. He ran out. Gotta be smart man. Gotta have the extra cheese. So what so then what He got bloody fucking eaten. So what do you do? What do you do when you come oh, back? Oh, you're home? getting your fucking you're getting your Toyota Camry from fucking Avis and you fucking film that shit. I know, but what do you what do you I'm saying when you get home and you have one less person, isn't everyone asking where that where they are? Eh, they ask, but you know, not your fucking problem. <laughs> God. You know, you know the drill when you're going out to the Sahara Desert, it's not fucking easy. I guess, but I mean, Jesus, I dehydration. That's what he told his fa- That's what he told his family. <laughs> he told his family. He didn't even tell his family that he. What happened when they watched the movie? I don't know if they saw it or not, but it's not my fucking problem. All right. Well, while we're going on this topic, this wasn't the first issue that you've had with a crew maker or a crew uh, and a crewman. What what do you call crew member? A crew member. So this isn't the first issue that you've had with them. Uh, let's go to uh, the Amazon rainforest, 2013. Uh, many, many, many snakes. Uh, documentary film by you. Uh, it's actually many, 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 many snakes. All right, I'm sorry. So, so you have this film. Here we are. We're in. So the setting is in the Amazon rainforest, and it doesn't. It isn't necessarily. This is another one that. People have scratching their heads, so they can't really, don't really know the specifics. It's, it's theories from uh, big fans of your films. There is a scene where there's a uh, there is a film. It was a shot of a uh, one of the tr- uh, tree frogs, but in the background, there's the backdrop of the river, and you can very dis- make out what looks to be another person of your film crew being eaten by an anaconda so my question to you is what actually happened in that scene because all you see is a big what appears to be a human figure and then you see a blurry line come down over them and all of a sudden they're gone and care and you don't see it again after the shot it cuts out very quickly so my question to you is what happened in that shot for everyone at home that is a big fan of your work what happened there 
Well, that's 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 a tough question, but uh, I got I got the answer for you. Um, well, in the Brazilian court of law, that is not a human being, and that is a different animal. Um, I've never been charged with any sort of murder or manslaughter or putting humans in danger. Um, there is actually no physical proof of that being a human being. So technically, I don't really know what you're talking about. All right. Well, I mean, I don't really know if that's proven good. in the court of law of Brazil. So when Brazil, what did they write it off as? What What was the situation? It was unknown. An, an animal getting eaten by an anaconda, not a human. No proof of a human. Did you, when you were filming it, did you see what was being eaten by the boa constrictor or anaconda? I mean, I apologize. It was pretty sunny that day. I really didn't have my sunglasses on, so like, it was pretty tough to see. I was really focused on the tree frogs. Um, I'm really, I'm really involved in my work, so I, I, I must have missed it. I I heard the backlash of, you know, people have attacked me, calling me a murderer, pushing them in and shit like that for a good shot, but that never happened. Wink. <laughs> all right. All right. All right. Fine. I, I'm not going to, I'm not going to argue with you. I don't even really know you, so I'm not going to. Hell, you don't fucking know me. Don't I mean, fucking accuse me. Not for nothing. You reached out to me, so we'll, we'll leave it at that. I'll. I'll courteously look over it for now. We'll turn to you more. What, in your opinion, for me, uh, you know, I like uh, whenever they shoot Africa, you know, big lions and uh, zebras and everything. It's awesome. Always, uh, always a fan of Antarctica when you have the penguins, sea lions, and that dynamic. Even at, or Africa, once again, when you have uh, the sea lions and... Uh, Great white sharks, killer whales, all of the whole nine yards. For you, what is your, as a nature filmmaker, because that was something when I was younger. I was like, oh, man, that's really cool. What, what to you was your favorite place to shoot uh, for, the, for reasons of, like, uh, you know, like just experience-wise for yourself? Which was your favorite continent to shoot on and why? Bloody hell, that's a good question. I want to say South America, but not the rainforest. I want to say the tip of Argentina, almost boy, you know, where it goes down towards Antarctica. There's actually polar bears in Argentina. Polar bears. Really? Uh, polar bears in Argentina? And this, it's not one of my popular films released on the dark web, not when I was mainstream, but there are polar bears in Argentina and... No one will believe me, but I'll have the video proof. So I have this. I have this in front of me um, that there are claims by you that in the in the region of T Tierra del Fuego, you said that you had spotted a polar bear uh, over by the when you were filming in Bahia Valentin, mm -hmm. which is the very southern tip of uh, Argentina. For all of you who are wondering what Ryan is screaming. <laughs> So there is a land, there's not a land bridge, but there is an... There used to be. Absolutely. How long ago do you think? Three, four hundred years ago. Um, all right, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, that they don't might tell you that in the history books, I can well, tell I you mean, that. They, have, they have the whole pan, was it Pangea argument and everything. But there is, I will say, a distance 
I cannot put my finger on for the exact distance. I'd probably say a little over a hundred miles. Probably around a hundred miles. Um, probably a a little over twice the distance from if you were swimming from Cuba to America of Antarctica. That there's the distance from Argentina to uh, Antarctica. That little bit of a gap so you would say that polar bears have the ability to swim that far then or would you say that they have been there all along and that it's just been like a bigfoot kind of thing where people just deny 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 they actually are there well that is a bloody good question because that is what i'm still trying to figure out i really don't know if they move there on the land bridge or if they have the ability to swim um a lot of people don't know actually polar bears do have webbed claws like um, frogs almost really so, yes absolutely you if you ever kill a polar bear and look at its paws you'll fucking see well i don't think you're legally allowed to kill polar bears anyway so i don't know how i would ever find that out neither do i <laughs> but if you ever did and you looked you would see probably i don't know but you probably would see i do know um and yeah so they very well could have easily just swimmed on over simple right. as that Okay, so but I mean, I guess it makes sense because you do you do see those things where it's uh, like you know, like the penguins. There are penguins uh, at the tip of South America. There are penguins at the tip of South Africa. Absolutely, um, same shit, different toilet, different. So your so your favorite film was actually in South America in Argentina filming these polar bears. So my question to you is that why? Why is it still widely disputed then? Why aren't people today, you know, why isn't uh, fucking uh, Jeff Corwin going to South America filming polar bears? Why isn't uh, David Attenborough, that fucking bastard? I don't need David at who? David Attenborough. You ever watch, uh, you know, Planet Earth, that type of shit? Ah. Fucking narrator. Yeah, he. I'll fucking throw hands with you, David Attenborough, any fucking day of the week. Fucking come at me. I'll fucking kill you fucking hate that slimy bastard so all right so while we're on the topic of david Attenborough, then i have a news article from 2012 from the manchester evening news of you and him actually trading blows and you being thrown out of a film uh an awards a documentary awards gala um down in downtown manchester you were thrown out, uh, did some property damage, actually, to Old Trafford in uh, mm-hmm. Manchester. My question to you, uh, how – I guess we're great. We'll move off the topic from uh, the polar bears in Argentina for a second. We'll move on to this topic. How competitive is the animal documentary realm? Because I really don't know. I do know. I Now that you have pointed out, identified him as the voice of basically every documentary ever made. He's the fucking top dog, man. So how hard is it for other docu- people that do documentaries to eat that in this kind of setting? How hard is it for you to points to where you come to blows with another filmmaker? You know, you see in America when you're I don't know if you've ever watched the Academy Awards, the Emmys, very competitive. A lot of people that are at the top of their game. How how much room is there for big dogs? At least in America, you have Leonardo DiCaprio, Brad Pitt, 
uh, Daniel Day-Lewis. They're always up there competing for awards. There's a few of them, the few top dogs. In a nature documentary setting, how tight of a little hole is there for you to be the top dog there? How tight of a little hole? It's like a fucking nun's butthole. Fucking tight. David Attenborough has got a monopoly on the game. Um, you know, anything that tries to get released, he fucking spends his money on pushing that to the fucking ground. You know, he doesn't want anything else to get out besides his fucking documentaries. Um, you know, that's why we really go in the fight. I try to release something. He's spending money to fucking push it down. You know, get it fucking taken off of everything. Fucking, you know what I fucking did? You know, I fucking got back at him. I'm afraid to even ask how. I'm afraid to ask, but it might as well. We're we're so deep in the hole right now, Chester. We're so deep. All right, sorry, Doctor, uh, Doctor, Doctor Sir. Sir Chester. We're so deep in the hole right now. It doesn't even matter now. I don't know. I don't even know what the extradition laws are between here and England. We're deep in the hole now. Might as well tell us what the deal is. What is it? So. The reason why we exchanged blows at that uh, the uh, documentary awards that night is because I fucked his wife. And I fucking whispered in his ear, hey, how's Cheryl doing? Bloody hell. He did not like that one. I can't imagine. And so I don't know if that really even answered the question about how tight the top of it is. Oh, but I can't imagine that made it much more wide if if that was what was occurring then at that point. Absolutely not. No, it's fucking tough. It's it's real fucking tough. I mean, you know, everyone's got their fucking smartphones these days filming shit. But uh, if you really want to put something together, it's tough. And uh, you don't get a lot of sponsorship for it. You know, David Attenborough, the big dog. Uh, he's fucking he's always getting those main those mainstream shit so like it's all it's all fucking out of my own pocket so it's 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 not easy it's not fucking easy right well that's what i was gonna say you have you have husky chocolate you have uh you know home insurance you have uh i'm trying to like uh 32 bet that are your 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 sponsors here on your your films. Meanwhile, David Attenborough has. He's got BBC. He's got yeah, the British Broadcasting Network. They have BBC. They have Jaguar. They have all Land Rover. They have all the big dogs of England back in their films. And you're, here you are. You're trying to suckle at the suckle at the teat of what is the documentaries. I just was curious. I wasn't sure if uh, there was other reasons why your films wouldn't be as big as his. But uh, the the reason is because I guess it, as you're saying, there's a very narrow, a very narrow entryway into this game. So I mean, there's only so many fucking animals on the fucking earth doing whatever they fuck they do. I mean, David Attenborough's been all over the fucking place. He's got it all on fucking camera. I mean, so do I. But you know, you don't want to see it fucking twice. So he's got he's got the leg up on me. That's why I fucked his wife. And that's why I guess you're filming such eccentric films. Um, Got to stand out in a little bit, I you know? I say allegedly having that anaconda eat that other animal uh, on yes. film and uh, the fish sex and the giraffe orgy. Um, besides the, the polar bear in South America, uh, let's draw our attention over to when you were in Asia, uh, specifically when you were filming the tigers. Uh, so what was that like? I've ne- I can't imagine what that was like. So you, in Asia, you got this, you got tigers, you got the Bengal tigers, you got um, 
snow leopards over against the Himalayans. Uh, what was that experience like, and how'd you prep for it? Because it's a lot warmer where you're filming the tigers versus where you're going up into the mountains to film these snow leopards that you very rarely can get. And I, I commend you for that because I can't imagine that David Attenborough, if he had as much as little resources that you had had when you were doing these films, uh, would have been able to get these shots. So how how did you prepare for these these uh, these shoots, and how did you uh, you know going from one day you're over. Uh, in India, filming these Bengal tigers. The next day, you're over in the Himalayan mountains, uh, freezing cold, filming snow leopards. How did you prepare for those uh, specific sets and shoots? And what's the preparation with the camera and everything from that point? Well, um, you know, for the Himalayas, you got my North Face. Uh, I got some wool socks. Um, well, wait, wait, wait. So you, North Face, you mean the North Face of the mountain, but what did you wear? North Face jackets, black with the zipper pretty fucking warm yeah but how it couldn't it couldn't have been warm but what what was the rest of the crew wearing bloody hell if i know what am i fucking checking out guys oh they're probably wearing uh maybe north faces too how many north how many people came back from the shoot how many people could have survived wearing North Faces? They could, that, that is a, that, that's something that someone wears in New Jersey when they're going to school in the morning on a September day. How, how, well, how, many, how could you wear that in the Himalayans? That was the standard apparel? That was what people had to go out in? Um, hell is on, uh, We had about 25 members going out and, I don't know, six, seven returned. Fucking hell, I'm here, so like, fuck it, right? And I'm sorry, that is perplexing to me. Is that normal in, the, in that industry? It's normal in my industry. I always got crew members dying. Not my fault, of course. I'm very responsible with my crew members, but sometimes they don't follow my instructions. Well, all right, they so fall into a, a, a river, get eaten by a fucking anaconda. They fall into the river. Right. This uh, then I guess it's just what they sign up for when they're when they're doing these films then, I guess. Yeah, no, it's part of the business. Absolutely. Pretty uh, fucking crazy, but uh yeah. So to me personally, a, a Bengal tiger is one of my favorite animals. So how was it being up close to one of those huge they're they're much bigger than anything that you could even they're bigger than what you could wrap your head around, if I'm not mistaken, correct? Bigger than a fucking grizzly bear. Fucking sw- seven feet off the ground. Just in fucking height. Length, probably like 45 feet long. Fucking massive. Wait till you see one in person. 45 feet long? The big ones, yeah. Yeah. 25 to 45 feet. I've seen it all. I've seen a fucking Bengal tiger fight, fight a ti- uh, Siberian tiger too from in the, on the base of the Himalayans. Fucking nuts, man. The base of the Himalayans? How, how did a Bengal tiger even survive up there? It's the base. It's not too cold. Fucking fighting over some extra, some of the little, some raspberries growing out on the base in uh, the Himalayans. Fight over raspberries. That can't be. That can't be. But what I'm, what I've understood. Tigers, that- Bengal tigers are actually omnivores. They don't only eat meat. They eat a lot of berries. They scavenge. Um, you know, they like to eat tall grasses as well. I'd never heard of that before. I, I've just heard. You know, you always see the videos of them hunting. Uh, various creatures in over there uh, in the fields, even people. A lot of people end up getting into trouble with them. 
so I've never, until right now as we're sitting here, hear, heard that they eat raspberries and are omnivores. Oh, it's a fucking favorite treat. I mean, think about it. Fucking humans here. You know, we're pretty fucking smart. We eat fucking meat and fucking, you know, plants. Same thing. Giraffes, they're smart. They do the same. Bengal tigers, they're they're right up there on that food chain of the uh, the smartness. So uh, they eating raspberries, they eating they eating carcasses. What'd you say? Carcasses, dead animal carcasses. Oh, dead animal carcasses. Uh, I, I mean, as I say, because what you would call it? Because bears, bears are kind of in the similar path where they they're an apex predator, and yet they still find themselves eating berries from time to time. So yeah, I got. A- Pretty fucking uh, funny story about bears, actually. Well, not a story, but a little statement, actually. You know, out of all my years of filming documentaries and being a doctor in biology, you know, I've seen polar bears. I've seen grizzly bears. I've never seen a black bear. And to be honest, I don't think black bears exist. You don't think black bears exist? I, I was going to say, you'd have to go upstairs and uh, ask my mom about that one because she has seen them outside my house. I've seen them outside nope, my house. Nope, that's That's fucking projection. I've never seen one on camera. Fucking show me the evidence. I mean, you you could really go on YouTube then at that point and just look up, look it up. They they exist. They're, they're all over the CGI place. CGI is pretty fucking crazy these days. Well, all right. Well, then I'm going to task you with this. Then, before you leave the the East Coast and go off to the Pacific Northwest, is wander off into literally any patch of grass or whatever, any patch of forest that is more than a couple acres, and I promise you, you will stumble into a black bear. I'll make sure I bring my crew members. Wink. <laughs> yeah, push. As I say, you can you can find them. I mean. All over the place here. And then you might even see them in uh, Pacific Northwest. Certainly we'll see grizzlies. Oh, yeah. Grizzly bears are real. Polar bears are real. Absolutely. I've seen them all. North the black bears. Fucking fake. Well, I mean, I guess I will uh, humor it. I'll, I'll humor it for now. But I, I promise you I've seen on footage. Have you seen I've one seen, in real life? I've seen one in real life eating out of my trash outside of my home. I was awoken by my mom, probably in CGI. high school. CGI? How would you? How would you do CGI in real life? Projections, the government, the giraffes. What's the gain? What's the gain from the giraffes are pulling the strings? Huh. All right. Well, any 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 closing thoughts there that you have for us uh, before we sign off? Any any last. Uh, I'm trying to think. Any last attestments to things that people, the misconceptions that people have from making a nature documentary? To me, I feel like it was just as easy as buying like a nice high quality camera, sitting in the back of a a pickup truck in the Sahara. I mean, not the Sahara, the Savannah, filming a lion uh, attack a deer or a gazelle, whatever. What is your what is the misconception to everyone at home before we sign off? I don't know how many more times I'm going to have a nature person on here. What is the one thing that you would say that the hardest part about these nature documentaries that people don't even think about? Bloody hell, it's the lighting. 
the lighting of every fucking shot. Man, I got flashlights on every fucking shoot. Flash, but some of them are in midday. What's the what's the? Some of them midday, some of them sunset, some of them sunrise. But you know the lighting's pretty fucking tough. Got to be careful. Got to get some floodlights, some fucking flashlights. Midday? And, uh, this is, it's not a little excessive, you don't think? Mm, no, no, no. But also, don't ever ask for permission. You're never gonna get a get a good shot if you ask for permission. Get up there, get close with the tigers, get close with the giraffes. You know, get in the giraffes' butthole if you need to. Fucking don't ask for permission. I'm not going to get too much more into detail on that one then. Um, Thank you, Chester, for coming on. Dr. Sir Chester. Dr. Sir Chester for coming on. It was was a pleasure to to have you on. Uh, Haven't had too many people that were really outside the country on this podcast ever. You might be the first international guest that I've had on this podcast. Yeah, multi-international. England, Pakistan, Australia, been to Germany, Japan, so... This one of my third third time in the states, so glad to have you. Uh, glad to have you have me. All right, so uh, check out. Make sure you check out his films. Um, you know, as as I mentioned earlier, the film in Australia, uh, his film in. I got a new film coming out about the uh, uh, the the mountains in Canada. Some of the shit that goes on there. Well, that was in the uh, the email that you had sent me earlier, asking if you could come on. Um, yeah, please check out uh, Grizzly Bloody Mountain of, in Canada. Uh, you're going to get a look into the real untouched nature of Canada. I, I don't want to do too much talking about it. If you, if you want to give everyone fucking a synopsis. Check it out. Check it out. It's going to be fucking bloody. Literally. Grizzly Bloody Mountain. It's not a <laughs> British figurative speech. Oh, no. Well, fucking bloody. All right, well, then you heard that. Make sure you check that out. Uh, Thank you for coming on. Thank you for coming into my home and uh, sharing the stories with me. Um, And for all of you out there, uh, thank you and have a good one.